0: <laughs> and once again, welcome to the catacombs of Inspired <laughs> Where we whisper about our secrets.
1: There's <laughs> <laughs> <you, laughs> other things that
0: other people don't want you to know about the business. Is this the right podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, Max, I'm Max Meehan, and across from me is Justin Bissonette. Uh, am I pronouncing your name wrong? wrong?
1: No, man. Like, so. Um, it's, there's a million, I think the French pronunciation is Bissonnet, and like that used to bother me, like mean something to me, but recently we found out like we're not even French, like, um, my, 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 my yeah, my great, great grandfather was adopted, but uh, he was like pure Irish. Yeah. So as a kid, I used to always get really pissed off when people would be like, are you Irish? Could you have red hair? And be like, fuck you, I'm French. Yeah, I was Irish the whole fucking time.
0: And 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 please don't be fooled. This is not converting into a genealogy <laughs> in your case by any stretch. We're gonna we're about to talk massive shit. We are in week 848 of the pandemic. Oh God. We're seeing record breaking numbers of viruses. The uh, viree, <laughs> It's a virus. What is it? Virus. The virus. The, there are a lot of COVID cases. Let's just Viruses. Say. Viruses. Um, and people are still running willy nilly, man. You're still seeing people show up in droves to, to buildings, and we wonder why we're having uh, record breaking yeah. numbers. Um,
1: I mean, it's it's really scary because. You see people doing all the right things, like checking the boxes, like, okay, we have the hand sanitizer out. We have people spread out. We have the mask and all that stuff. Right. But it's still it is still so fucking scary. Right. Um, To have that number of people in i mean if you're inside a building you're crazy if you're putting that number of people inside the same fucking building um open air is a little bit you know, better you know, but just, even that i would
0: hope that you're crazy because otherwise you're just an asshole who doesn't care
1: yeah so, no shit like know? like this time off has has convinced me of one thing like i and I've spent a long time trying to convince myself otherwise of this and we've been we've been through this I'm looking at the driveway where we had one of our biggest moments of this but I love this fucking thing man there's nothing I want more than to run fucking wrestling like I fucking love it like it is my favorite fucking thing in the world
0: I definitely think looking back at at the shows has really inspired me to want to do it yeah do do far more than we have done and realizing you know you know you're when when you're into into this like seven years or so you're sitting there going well where's left to go but Mm -hmm. actually combing through the head of this beast that we've created i see all these spots that that we could have kind of you know gone deeper into yeah I'm, I'm, i'm eager to do that
1: yeah man and even with that Even with that being said, and like every time I watch fucking wrestling, it just drives it again and it fucking gnaws at me. Right. I would. I just there's no way in hell that I could sit there and I could put people in that situation just to run shows. Yeah. Right. Just to fucking do it to do it. I just can't, f- f- I, I get it, but I can't fucking comprehend it. I think, and it and, drives me wild.
0: And, and this this is kind of a jumping point for me. Um, I guess one thing that that I realize also is seeing some of the inconsiderate bags of douche that are actually still running. I'm seeing that a lot of the problems that plague independent wrestling are still very prevalent, you know? It's 2020. We're hoping we have a new dawn of of leadership in this country
1: <laughs> to be determined, yeah. but looks that way, right? Yeah,
0: you know. Um but then I hear stories about the one that I I uh, the, I got a story last night from somebody and I'm realizing that there are still a lot of really crappy promotions with really crappy ideals, not only endangering fans right now, but also not necessarily of a progressive mindset. Yeah. Um, It's crazy when you look at the amount of talent in Texas right now, but it's even more astounding when you think about how very few of these people are pushed as the face of any sort of company. There are very few black or Latino champions uh, in in the state, and that's one thing I can say about Inspire Pro that made us very special. We didn't necessarily seek out to go, oh, we need a black champion. We just sort of booked colorblind. Yeah. The, the people that just happen to be the most talented folks in the business at the time where we were, you know, doing what we were doing just happen to be people of color. Yeah. But I think that there are obviously companies out there that are running right now and they're avoiding putting people of color into major angles or putting titles on them or pushing them as the face of their company. Um, I got a call last night from somebody who this is another thing that I hate about wrestling. Okay. A lot of people think that just because you've been in something for a long time it means that you can kind of juggle your laurels or sit around and do fucking nothing. Or they think that it means that it's okay for you to fuck up and yeah. you just get a pass. Wrong. Fuck that. Don't accept passes. This is my advice to young workers. Okay, And you can do this without my ire. I'm a jerk so, so don't, don't say what I say. But just take, take to heart the message that I'm giving you. If you show up and someone has booked you and suddenly there's not a spot for you, that is not professional. And this is professional wrestling. And it's like a business as any other. You know? You don't necessarily have to sit around all night waiting for them to stick you in something. That's not your obligation. But if someone has taken your time and had you dr- have, has you drive out of the way, get fucking paid and leave. Seriously. Yeah. Now, I, I, I heard a story last night that someone, uh, a venerable... NWA affiliated personality Booked a show And there were four guys And I'm talking about Not just You know A a flock of J-Brones Sitting around (laughs) Like We're talking about guys like uh, It was what It was Steve Arino uh, AFS Who was a phenomenal talent A guy to keep your eye on T. Ray Watford and one Jerome Daniels, who is a guy that I would like to work with more in, in the future.
1: Yeah, Jer- Jerome Daniels or Jerome uh, Griffey. Yeah. He goes by sometimes. Yeah. Awesome, awesome talent. Yeah,
0: great, great talent. I would love to work with him. But, you know, how do you ask those guys to drive out of the way to come be on your show and then tell them, sorry, brother, brother, we got nothing for you? Like And these are guys that have actually been in the business for a while. Yeah, I think a lot of these people need to just go the fuck away and wrestling will be far better without them, you
1: know? I I mean, we've already detailed a few times where you know, we had made a commitment to somebody and even to no fault of our own, something else had fallen through the person left hanging, right? We always found something for Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes that was creatively extremely challenging Mm -hmm. you know, um not, you know, not to like pound on our chest and all that, but fuck it. It is like, that is the, one of the hardest, most challenging parts of the job is to go, okay, fuck this went to hell. Yeah. We have this one person that the one thing that made the most sense for them was what we had planned. And now we can't do that. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Um, but we've, we've always, um, kept that commitment. Or if we weren't able to, we we found a way to make it up to that person, you know, and we let them know well in advance um, to let them get to the building, to let, let them get in that car and make that drive and spend that gas money before telling them is just unacceptable.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, want better for yourself. And you can want better for yourself and still be diplomatic and polite, but. Yeah, be People, people should be treated like people for far too long there's been this dumbass standard of shaking hands and bowing and scraping and, and it's utterly disgusting and inhumane treat people like people I don't care how long your dumbass has been sitting on the log you know I, I, and I, I think I was just talking to Biss about when we come back how how utterly no nonsense I'm going to be when running stuff but anyway
1: see I was so mad at Groud
0: yeah, that's Waffles. <laughs> Waffles Stop it, that's my dog, Waffles <laughs> Anyway um, Okay, so there are a few things before we launch Into this next episode That we, that we have to touch on That I, I had kind of forgotten about There were, Sometimes there's just so much stuff that happens During the, the course of a show That things sort of slip between the cracks yes. <laughs> And um, There's a pretty good uh, There's a pretty good uh, Pairing of stories here that, that we really need to touch on so, it, it, it was fairly apparent that the Thomas Munoz experiment had failed <laughs> uh, for many, many reasons. But the one thing that I will give Thomas is that he was always willing to do whatever you asked him and uh, creatively. Even if he was de- a little de- de- delinquent in delivering matches that you wanted, or actually listening to what you wanted in the ring, I mean... Some people will take a gimmick, but then they're just going to kind of run around like a like a monkey with a, a pistol. Yeah. They're gonna, you know, they're going
1: to hear somebody's getting shot. Yeah, That's it. yeah they, they
0: become they become a liability. <laughs> so I had a great idea for Tommy. Yes. This is something that was going on behind the scenes. At the time. <laughs> um and if you're in Texas, there is no secret that Whataburger is the, the hamburger brand of champions. Yes. Whataburger, don't. the venerable fast food chain Whataburger, <laughs> which is now uh, national, I believe. Though I haven't really heard about other shops opening up. And that might have something to do with the pandemic, of course. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah,
1: well, fine.
0: No, yeah. I live under a flight path, guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, um, anyway, I had... <laughs> I, I really thought that the Papa Domino gimmick had legs, and I thought about, um, I thought about kind of reinventing it uh, in a way that would benefit Thomas. And Thomas was still showing up and, and helping out, and I, I didn't want to just completely write him off, but I wanted to do something that I thought would explode and really catapult him into superstardom status all over the, <laughs> the state of Texas. And Thomas would always show up with a bag of Whataburger, um, and it was always a a topic of discussion. This this Whataburger bag that he would bring into every show, and so I thought, man, maybe we should contact Whataburger about creating a Whataburger themed wrestler, and we would call him What a Wrestler, and he was he would have a singlet with the, the Whataburger <laughs> W on it, and he would come out with a bag of Whataburger and throw. You know, just simple, uh, <laughs> simple justa burgers into the crowd, yeah. and I can't think of anybody else that would be over like you know gangbusters, man. <laughs> I mean, it's it's similar to like Papa Domino coming out and handing out pizza. I, mean, I really wanted to do this though, but just with. Hamburgers flying through the air, you know, much to the dismay, I'm sure, of our more uh, (laughs) uh, sensible friends who are either vegetarian or vegan. Yeah, Uh, we have we have quite a a liberal fan base, and they tend not to not to partake of any meat products. Nevertheless, Whataburger does have a vegetarian option. Yes. Uh, Anyway, we wrote we wrote (laughs) we wrote Whataburger, and their response was scathing. Yes, (laughs) they were not happy. And in fact, I think there was even verbiage in the letters threatening to sue us if we attempted any variation of this particular concept. And they said something to the effect of, we do not associate with people like you. Yes. The verbiage was really cutting and really shitty. And so there was basically uh, a period in 2015 where I lost even more weight because I refused to eat there. You know, good for me. But anyway, there's still part of me that thinks, yeah, fuck you, Whataburger. Because they actually went on to do co-promotionals with... with the, WWE. Yeah, right? So yeah. It's like they sat there kind of saying, hey, yeah, our, our customers, <laughs> our fucking customers don't connect with garbage bag <laughs> wrestling. And I'm thinking, like, you serve slop to drunk <laughs> motherfuckers at 3 a.m. in your Wait. drive-thru. You guys are serving... Toxic garbage to people you're killing people you're contributing to the obesity problem in America like how dare you get highfalutin I was super pissed off
1: yeah. and on top of that you took the hatch green chili burger away for like three years and didn't bring it back you motherfuckers <laughs> um, but also <laughs> uh, every fucking wrestler that comes to Texas the first thing well hey can we go to waterburger after can I try out waterburger I gotta try out waterburger right Eat, fuck you yeah, and there was that fucking Hardy tweet when the Hardys came back to WWE at Wrestlemania. And I remember just going off on Twitter and people like not understanding why. This is fucking why. Fuck them.
0: Yeah, fuck Whataburger. I'll still eat there now. Like, like you know, the fucking spicy ketchup is a healing salve. Okay? Yeah. But nevertheless, What a Wrestler would have been fucking huge over. What a Wrestler could have... Could have guys, What a Wrestler showing up at your Whataburger chain opening. Come on. Fucking huge, dude guy with a big singlet with a w on it and a fucking orange cape huge anyway
1: and now they're going into tennessee yeah come on memphis let's go
0: yeah maybe we should call p terry's yeah okay yeah
1: p p terry headlock would be great or i'm gonna leave the creative up to you you. i'm I'm, I'm not my deal anyway you just tell me who you need to play this shit all so
0: okay the other the other thing that um I need to touch upon is Stroud-related. Yes. And this was... <laughs> <laughs> this was pretty good. And I, I can't believe that I forgot to talk about yeah. this. So we're heading into Battle Wars 2, and Battle Wars 2 was a really important show because it was the first show where I had been so unhappy with the string of shows before it that I basically put my foot down and it was like, you can all go fuck yourself with a snorkel. I'm going to fucking take control of the shows, and if you don't like it, go kick rocks. I don't need anybody... I got really nasty. I wasn't a pleasant person to deal with. You know, I had just been diagnosed diabetic. I was on all kinds of meds. I had stopped drinking. I was just kind of focused on producing the best wrestling product that I could along with Biss. And actually, I don't think Biss was really difficult uh, in terms of dealing with this. I feel like he was just... Yeah, kind of like, I
1: just I was caught in the... Well, we've talked about the weird, um, the weird crossfire of it. So, I, I was just kind of stuck in the middle.
0: Yeah. So, okay... At the beginning of in their blood, no wait, was no in the, at the beginning of Fade to Black.
1: Fade to Black. Okay. Yeah, the Pre-show.
0: Yeah, it's a pre-show, and um, every show. Uh, for those who you know aren't aware, there's a script, and the script basically is loose notes and bullet points that get you through what you need to get over in each match. Story-wise, what where and, and the layout of the card, where the intermission is, what promos you need, backstage stuff that you need to film, stuff like that, and. I remember Brandon Stroud coming in during the the setup for Fade to Black, and he's sitting at this round table that we had in the back that we usually yep. sat at and discussed the script uh, over. And uh, at this point, Alley Cat and Lainey Luck, who were aspiring to be part of the shows, mm-hmm. Lainey Luck. Uh,
1: I'm going to jump in. Alley Cat, who Brandon Stroud was um, kind of um, not even privately trying to romantically fucking pursue. Yeah as a student.
0: Yeah, he was. I yeah. remember working downtown the door and I would see them walking around together. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I remember they would come in and they were like, you know, uh, equival- female equivalent young boys would come in and help yeah. help set up stuff. And at Fade to Black in particular, I believe, uh, Laney Luck played Lady Void. Mm-hmm. So she was there for that. And uh, I remember walking through that vacuous hall and hearing Stroud just kind of losing his mind and he had the script and he's shouting with Lainey and Allie nearby, like they're there listening to him, like yeah. he's holding court. And he's screaming about a promo that I had inserted to kind of try and address an issue that we'd had at a previous show. And I don't remember the I don't remember the promo. Yeah. The promo doesn't even fucking matter, okay? I wrote it, so it's gold, so it doesn't fucking <laughs> matter. So <laughs> anyway. I'm coming through the hall and he's going, what the fuck is this shit? Why the fuck? Why are we doing this? Why are we giving this guy a mic? Yeah. You know, and he's doing, he's losing his mind. And I'm thinking like, I remember, I can't remember who was walking with me, but I remember somebody going, oh no, Stroud's mad about something. And I remember. Yeah, who- it
1: was, uh, it was either hybrid or Amon. It was Amon. Yeah.
0: Amon who just kind of, yeah. his eyes and kind of like, and I, and I immediately was just like, I sighed and was like, You know what? I've had enough. Mm -hmm. And I walked across the hall, and he's like yelling still about this promo that he sees in the script. And I go, hey, man, can I talk to you? And he goes, you're not my fucking dad. Like snaps at me, and I go, get the fuck out of your seat, or I'm going (laughs) to fucking kick your fucking ass, and I'll drag you in the fucking next room by your fucking ankles. Get up. And he got scared. I think it's the only time I've ever seen him really like go, okay. And I said, get the fuck up now. Get the fuck out of your seat now. It's the only time that I've ever really snapped at somebody yep. at a show. So he gets up and he starts walking and I'm walking behind him like I've got a bayonet in his back and we go into the, other, <laughs> go into the hall and Joel Ushman who <laughs> couldn't fucking stand the dude is, is there like, <laughs> setting up his camera gear and Biss follows, follows us because <laughs> Biss is across the hall and he sees this shit I think he hears me erupt. yeah. And so he follows, He follows. he's following me and uh, I'm pissed. I'm yeah. just like how dare you motherfucker talk to me like that like no i'm not your dad i will fucking murder you like anyway this is lair just kind of like standing to the side and brandon is standing there looking shook like he just got in a fucking car wreck or something and i'm like where the fuck do you get off torching my shit creatively to students or like the young girls like who like who the fuck do you think you are trying to impress people you don't do that to me you don't put me down in front of other people or question my creative acumen. You've made a lot of mistakes in this fucking company. And guess what? All I've ever done is helped you. You've insulted me at every fucking show that you've been a part of when you drop the ball on something. And believe me, your shit fucking rank. It stinks. The Paige Turner shit fucking sucked. And I'm just going off. And Brandon begins to cry. Yep. Uh, like, cry, like cry. Ugly cry. Ugly cry like kid on christmas with no presents just <laughs> snot running down his fucking troll beard yes. and i'm just fucking just hammering into him and I'm, I'm just laying into him and at one point he is crying so bad that i actually stop and hug him and i say i'm only saying this because i love you i didn't love him fuck him anyway <laughs> i said that because like i didn't want him to i still needed him for the show but I remember, like <laughs> i remember like yelling at him just yeah. yelling at him and ricky starks comes in the back door and Ricky's doing that little like shitting oh, kind of yes, like, <laughs> kind of like, yeah. like like grand and laugh, and he's creeping along the back. Yes, wall. he just hangs out. Oh yeah, and I'm just like fucking just yelling at Brandon, and Ricky just is glowing. Yeah. And anyway, I say like, look, you've got no fucking business complaining about this or this, and you certainly have no business pantsing me in front of the young the the, the young boys or the or the young girls or the students or the other talent. It's unprofessional. If you have a problem with me, you take me into the back and we address it. You don't lose your temper and start fucking yelling about how you don't like what I'm doing. Because if you don't like what I'm doing, fucking take a hike. Yeah. You know? And that's how that that began. And really just the ending of Fade to Black, which I I felt was terrible. Creatively a terrible idea. I let those guys run with it. They took the reins and they got to, to, to deliver that fucking Seamus, Daniel Bryan ending, which bad idea conceptually into the show like a fart in an elevator, just just awful. And so Battle Wars was really the show where I basically said, Hey guess what? I am the booker and if you don't fucking like it, tough shit. I'm gonna make the decisions that we have to make so we're not scrambling around and and I got tired of him handing in his pages last minute. Just it got it got it got to be too much. And I felt like at that point, after so many years doing this, I had actually I did it, you know, and I was doing it on a regular basis and I didn't think I'd really drop the ball. So I felt like I needed to be shown a bit more respect.
1: Yeah. Um, this led to, uh, this really kind of leads to us wrapping something up two shows from now. So keeping, keep an eye out for that.
0: Yeah. I definitely wasn't happy with the ending of fade to black. We, we, uh, we take the time to address it, I believe on this show uh, coming up.
1: So I've got a few questions. Um, I'm gonna throw out there. It's sort of related to this, and you might be surprised by the answer that I have for it. I don't know if you've received anything. Um, s- straight up addressing this question, but has anyone you've worked with gotten pissed or said anything about the shows negative about the show so far? Uh, I haven't heard anything. I've actually you mean about the about the actual a- about show. the podcast. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, I'm kind of surprised because we've talked a lot of shit, and no one has said anything. <laughs>
1: You know, I think I think a lot of the people that we talk shit about don't listen to the podcast either. I don't
0: even know what the numbers are, but I keep hearing that they're pretty good. (laughs) So I don't know. I mean, uh, there are people there are people that we've been frank about. Uh, For example, I think Jordan Jensen has been a pretty good sport. Yeah, been very. But we've been objective. We're not like sitting there going, fuck Jordan Jensen. Yeah, we're like we're being like, well, this is what we saw. Yeah. And how that's how it rolled. Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, I've I've had. Some other people, too, that go, hey, like I heard this podcast and, you know, thank you for, you know, having my back and support. You know, I didn't realize at the time, but thank you for the support. Uh, the other question w- relates to the Andy Dalton title run. Uh, they wanted to know if we were following progress wrestling um, during this time because the title reign uh, is similar to Jimmy Havoc's title reign, which is a very popular um, story that progress did. Uh, Jimmy Havoc was kind of a cult hero for that company. A guy that kind of just fits within that company. You, you kind of see where he went to other places and it didn't kind of work out the same. No. <laughs> no. no. We, we actually, I don't know what you were watching at this time, but I think you limited your intake of outside wrestling th- quite a bit.
0: I yeah, honestly, booking a company is a lot like working for a pizza place. Uh, if you are around pizza all the time, the last thing you want to do is go home and eat pizza. You know, um, but I was still watching pretty much anything Sapolsky had a hand in, and I, yeah. I don't think I was too thrilled with a lot of it at the time. Um, I was still, I mean, I was I was actively watching the big pay per views and stuff like that, but. For the most part, um, I was busy with other shit and yeah. just focused on our own shows. And if there was something that I need, oh, New Japan. I was I, I was I was pretty actively watching New Japan at this point. Yeah. Um, but that's that's probably the long the long and short of it. Um, but we didn't really emulate anything that we saw. Of course, we were influenced by wrestling that we watched as when we were kids and and whatnot. But for the most part, there was no company that we were uh, we were really following. Um, I I did get a question. Uh, just now from somebody, uh, Colby, uh, primo who used to do stuff for the NWA yeah. podcast.
1: Colby um, was awesome.
0: Yeah. Colby's great. Hey Colby. Thank you. Uh, he, he, uh, fielded a question which, uh, no pun intended. He wanted to know what inspires us to do what we do. Um, and to be frank with you, uh, bad wrestling (laughs) (laughs) Um, a lot of what we did was basically us avoiding a lot of the pitfalls and mistakes and the crap that we were seeing out there we really wanted to create a company that was an alternative to everything else that was out there it's very simple that's about it yeah
1: for me it's just that um you know I, i heard somebody say this recently when wrestling's good it's one of the best things ever right and just the quest for that feeling of when wrestling goes right and you have those moments and just it's a you can't explain how it feels you just know right if you're a wrestling fan when everything fucking clicks and everything hits it's just this amazing thing
0: yeah anyway um we're going to go into battle wars 2 battle beyond the stars i will say that i went into this show with some trepidation i was a little nervous because this was a card that i largely had handled um and it was the first show where I said I'm doing this. Yep. And uh if you have a problem, you know, you can go um, you know, I skate up hill for all I fucking care. Um <laughs> anyway, so uh this this show came to be, I don't even know how how I think I think it was honestly Bryce hitting us back up and, and talking about doing another excursion. Yeah. To the best of my knowledge, it was something that you know, we would hit up each other up occasionally and talk about how we had a lot of fun that weekend and how We'd like to make it kind of a, a regular thing. It was one of our mo- more popular shows. And, of course, there were other people that we wanted to work with in Chikara because we were we were Chikara fans, yeah. you know. And so this gave us the opportunity to bring some guys that we absolutely loved back to do some fun stuff with them. And uh, I I honestly think that this show might be even better than the first Battle Wars.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of people that that kind of look at this as like, you know, like a keystone event for us. Like as I started doing research for the show, it came up a lot. They asked, you know, what shows are you guys gonna be covering and I brought up Battle Wars Two and they're like, Oh man, I need to go get that D V D so I have it. I need to go right
0: This was actually a first show for a lot of people. This was this it? was when I think the venue started to feel too snug. Yeah. For a while. Yeah we start. we yeah I
1: think we set an attendance record on yeah. this one.
0: Yeah what what was really great about the venue that we were in at that point in time was um it's it it is small, but you could still fit quite a few people into it, yeah. And no matter what the show just felt electric, yeah, even if even if attendance was a little eh, um, you could still have a great show that just felt wonderful. The lobby was a great option. There yes. was an inside bar, I think at this point, which was great. Uh, the staff was great, but that building, that space just felt electric all the time and yeah. i i we dearly miss it uh there's just there, there will be no place like home no matter what yeah. i mean it would take a take a fantastic uh set of elements for this to really work again like it did in marquesa or or what is now afs uh theater but yeah this was this was about the time things started getting pretty snug uh and and this was this was a great a great event for us yeah uh anything and, you want to say going into this it was
1: it was, it was again, kind of, you know, and we talked about this before, but it was again, kind of the carrot on the, you know, dangling in front of us to go, just keep pushing forward and we'll get to bad wars. Mm-hmm. Just keep pushing forward and we'll get to the fun stuff, you know? Yeah.
0: And, and in this case, I want to say that the fun stuff really wasn't, it didn't feel like a big job. So it yeah. was really like right, the right time for us to have something that felt as good as this show did. Yeah. Um. Anyway, let's go into it.
1: Yeah so we we open up with um the recently turned Jojo Bravo, and he's taking on fire ant um now it's it's really interesting at this point in time to look back on just the talent that was on these cards, mm-hmm. but uh we'll get into that as we get deeper into the card, but this is really kind of we're taking our our you know, all killer, no filler and putting it in an overdrive on this card. Like this card is just jam packed with stuff. So Jojo, Jojo had tagged with ACH against the ants on the previous show and he was a baby face. So now he was a heel. Um, he had just, just recently turned and we kind of revisit that dynamic. We didn't have, um, green ant on this show. no, uh, he wasn't able to make it down, but we did have Fire Ant, so we we had the one on one with Fire Ant and JoJo, and this is fucking no pun intended a barn burner.
0: It is it's absolutely fucking crazy, and and what's there, and we also play with the uh, Inspire Pro Special a bit, here yes, too, that, which yeah. was a, a move that JoJo had crafted when he was uh, Still Face. Yep, and it was some, it, it became kind of a a signature for JoJo in our company. And really, really in, in a lot of ways, you could have qualified JoJo as Mr. Inspire Pro for a period. Yeah,
1: at, at this point especially. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, not th- N- Not point, at this particular not, point. But, but but at the point that he invented yeah. that, that 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 maneuver. Um, but, you know, na- I think naturally what we did with JoJo made a lot of sense because he was a character that just seemed to kind of get kicked around even as a face. And, yeah. and the, the, the heel JoJo really was an extension of, I think, a lot of... Uh, issues that JoJo had personally that he is too too kind to really complain about. He's not a complainer, yeah, man. No. He, he is a guy too that I, I really love because he doesn't just go, oh, I fucking hate this. He's the kind of guy that goes, well, that's not bad. Um, what if we did this instead? Yeah. He's always pitching ideas. He is, a, he is an, a super creative being, and I've always benefited from being around him. But anyway, this match was insane. This was a great match.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> Fire Ant picks up the win. You know, as, you know, we kind of have to pull the curtain back, right? We've got Chikara versus Inspire, so you've got to kind of navigate that. You can't just bring in Chikara and they put everybody over, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But also, you know, I want to say one thing. A lot of people tend to rag on JoJo about his size. One of the things that people don't understand is that when you're looking at a guy like that uh, through, through the lens, size isn't really something that you you can understand I don't think that even when a lot of people were children watching guys like Hogan on television they don't really understand how big he is until like they meet him right so to me when Jojo was in the ring or you know you're looking at him through the lens he just looks like a wrestler to me. Yeah. Okay. And when you see him up against a guy like Fire Ant, the benefit of these two guys being in the ring together, and you can't say anything negative about Fire Ant, you know, you just no. you simply can't.
1: One of the best technical wrestlers in the past a- twenty years.
0: Absolutely. But when you see him up against Jojo, it Jojo's size really permits uh, him to uh, Fire Ant to do things with his opponent that he wouldn't be able to do with a lot of other bigger people. So there's, there's much to be said for smaller opponents. A lot of people have this crap, like, Oh, that guy doesn't look like a wrestler kind of, kind of mentality. And and I think that's, that's the biggest pile of garbage. And I can also say this for a fact, legitimately, there are very few people that I wouldn't want to fucking fight with. And JoJo's one of them. Some of the smallest dudes on the planet will fuck you up the worst. That's a fact. So get that into your heads. You bunch of fucking gym rats. (laughs) Anyway, let's go into this eight man.
1: Yeah, this was interesting. So, um, we wanted to do the hat deal again, right? Mm-hmm. So we we uh, that that was part of this, but this was the team captain's eight man, right? Yeah. Now I I can't remember, but do we have a cancellation that led to this, or was this always the plan?
0: I think I think there was something that went awry here yes but it doesn't jump out to me it was definitely a kind of weird mess but it was a fun mess i remember being like people i was sitting there going oh my god in my head watching this as it was unfolding in front of the crowd and then afterward there were people who just said yo that was a lot of fucking fun and to me that's more important sometimes i think it's it's like when a musician plays a show and a musician screws up really the musician is probably going to know that they screwed up more than anybody else. Yeah, It's kind of like one of those situations where I knew what was supposed to happen and it didn't hit the notes that I wanted, but still it was a blast. And really it's ultimately about how the fans feel about it. And the fans had a blast. It,
1: it was it. fun. It was a fun match. So the, the general idea is it's like, you know, it's like you're playing fucking dodgeball as a kid, right? And yeah. they're picking teams. And, um, <laughs> Tom, the fu- the funny part that sticks out to me is Thomas Munoz is the last one picked, and uh, Evan Gillespie Evan is one of the team captains. Let's set up the stage. Yeah. So, Evan is the first team captain. You have the submission squad of Evan and, and Big Daddy Pierre Abernathy. You have the Pump Patrol. You have the Masked Menace, which is... Uh,
0: Hollywood Strangler and the Red Scare. Yep.
1: And then you have Thomas Munoz, and then you're going to draw for the, the second yeah. captain.
0: Team Azerbaijan, headed yeah. by Team Captain Mr. Azerbaijan, yeah. is one of the. So it's, <laughs> it's Jalistico in Azerbaijan, and then it's a pool of guys, and they each get a turn picking different guys until the pool is empty. And this led to teams being broken up and so forth. Uh, like, uh, you know, the, the Pump Patrol gets broken up. In this, uh, in this little melee. Yes. But it's a, it was a, it was a fun and interesting concept, and and it creates new dramas. But um, it was for me, it tickled me a bit to see the Strangler and Red Scare alongside of uh, Azer- Azerbaijan, and and I think also um, at this point, the Submission Squad had been doing a little bit of work with. Uh, with the folks in Chikara's. Group. Yeah. So,
1: so that they were, this is the, the mission submission squad and all that stuff.
0: Absolutely. Anyway, that this was, this was a fun match yeah. and, and it had a lot of color, uh, colorful character work to
1: it. So, so one of my favorite, the part that I enjoyed was Evan gets to the very end and Thomas is the only one left. And he starts going, well, can I take someone from the crowd? And he starts like <laughs> that kid in the submission squad shirt, bring him in. I want him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that was great. Um, you want to lead, lead, lead forward.
1: Yeah. Uh, this is be- becomes a huge match in the trajectory of uh, One. of the company. Yeah. So this is Scott Summers who has recently returned, um, and he's taking on Terrell Tempo, who had debuted in the the four way the previous show.
0: Absolutely. So he and he had already kind of connected with the crowd. This is an important match, and also gets over the concept that simply because you are not the victor in a in a contest doesn't mean that you can walk away. Or you will have to walk away looking like a loser. Uh, this is this is a match where, man, it was it was fire, man. I remember this being. I remember this like really exceeding expectations, and uh, tempo, tempo really launched from this point yeah. forward. He 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 put on a great match. S- Scott was amazing at getting yeah. tempo over in his own way.
1: When when Scott has chemistry with a guy, it's fucking magic, and they just had this this you know. It's kind of it's kind of dumb jock wrestling, you know. But man, when he hits somebody that can can connect with him on that level, he really takes it to the next level. And it kind of, yeah. I think it it boosts uh, Scott up, and then he drags his opponent up. And now, you know, for the most part, all this stuff is planned out. But there's certain wrestlers that just grab a mic after every match. Yeah, and Scott's one of those man. Like every fucking we can tell him. We can tell people don't hand him the mic he's gonna get that mic he's gonna okay. find some way
0: no one's gonna say no I no don't. yeah so scott's scary like he's yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but you know he he fucking he cuts this promo and he gets he gets his story across but he really puts tempo over i think mm-hmm. he really uh took a shine to him and it leads to, he gives tempo the mic afterwards i don't even know if tempo was ready for it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and tempo cuts this promo talking about how um he you know, he, he's happy that he's here, but damn it, next time he guarantees you he's gonna get that win and it just it invests the fans in tempo now. Yeah, there was
0: there's a big standing crowd for this and a lot of, of applause. Yeah. So um Where where does there there's a there's a promo here mm-hmm. that uh that Stroud was very unhappy about once again.
1: Yeah, so it's it's one more after this match, okay. but we we can talk about it now if you, if you want to. Yeah, because this that. next match is is a really big deal. Yeah. So we we had the issue at the last show where the title change did not get over.
0: No, right? not at all. But it was also because uh, the workers didn't really want to communicate shit to the people behind the scenes. That to me, I mean, I'm yeah. sure maybe Biz disagrees with me, but you don't work a ref. Tell the fucking ref what you're doing. Because um, if, if he had known what, if the, if the referee, who is also a performer, were there to get that over, it could have gone much better. But I still don't think that the fans would have been happy because you don't end a show like that with no match. Yeah, You know, it was, it was a non-match. So they're there to watch wrestling, not like stupid shenanigans.
1: Yeah, I think to, a counterpoint to that, the the ref in question was not the best. I'm going to agree with your point at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But the mindset was the ref was not the best performer. So you you if you can get a genuine reaction, it helps the moment. What happened is we got a genuine confusion that killed everything. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, because he didn't... He's thinking yeah. he's there to work a match. Yeah. You know? And... <laughs> And then the match doesn't happen. It's, it's an angle and more than a yeah, match. Yeah, and he's yeah. trying... He's not sure if he's supposed to be covering... That. Like, no matter what, yeah. your job as the ref is to count. No matter fucking what. Count, count, yeah. count, count, count. You know, it doesn't matter if you... If it looks like there's an accident, you count it. Just because that kind of drives home the illusion of what we're trying to create. Yeah. So that ref was a fucking dumbass, okay? But still, you don't keep the guy in the dark. Especially if you know someone's kind of green. You don't You just, you just do not do it. Anyway, um, my... My thing here was to I wanted to address this yeah I f- wanted to write what I perceived to be a wrong and a creative uh, snafu and I wanted to set up a two out of three falls with uh, Ricky and Dalton a title defense and um I was very excited about this concept, so we have this great this great promo yeah uh,
1: we we touched on some real life stuff in it you yeah. know uh, and I think. The relate, let's just say it. The relationship with ACW was cooling at this point. You know that we weren't there were, the insults weren't going back and forth at this time.
0: No, but I was still pissed.
1: Yeah, but we mentioned Darren's name in the promo, and I think that was um, part of Stroud's issue here, right? Um,
0: yeah, he got mad about that.
1: And it's whatever. Like the issue was. And again, this is a part where something went wrong and I kind of felt like, like we took the heat on right. Character wise, the character of Biz, the character of max, the character of Josh kind of took the heat on for it mm-hmm. in this promo. Um, but I also, I wanted to make sure I remember in this promo, like S- Stark spins this as like this, everyone's against him. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is, kind of fits where the character is. But, God damn it, I was going to get my jab in that we were the ones that saw something in him when other people, you know, fucking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I'm going to lay it out there. When Starks first started, I pushed for that guy in ACW from the third match I saw him in, and I would get, oh, he's he's not that good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we, Aaron, we don't need him. You
0: know, I mean, this is probably not... We can cut this out if you feel like we need to, but there were times where Darren shit all over ACH, and he yeah. shit, and then he shit all over Starks likewise, and he said these guys don't have it. I remember hearing that he said, "Fucking Albert didn't have it." I heard yeah. that. I heard that from several different people, and then that was really not the case. Like yeah. you know, he proved his metal, but yeah. he also had, he had fucking Starks like, jerking the curtain. Uh, it's weird that shows like that even have dark matches. There's no yeah. such fucking thing, okay? Even yeah. if you don't record it. I don't give a fuck. But he had, he, had, he had Starks jerking the curtain with Kyle Hawk as his tag team partner. Mm-hmm. And they're just... You know, I saw this guy who just had this most raw charisma. There are things that you cannot teach. I think I think you could say that about uh, uh, another up-and-comer right now. Vert Vixen just has that... Yeah. She has that raw charisma, that, that persona. You cannot teach that. And Ricky... He can be amazing at selling and he can be athletic as fuck. And these are all obviously assets, but there's that one defining thing that makes him great is going to, he's going to continue to succeed because of it. And that's because he is charismatic as hell.
1: There's people that have to, to force themselves to do the little things. There has people that have to force themselves to be charismatic, to be entertaining and then there's people that it's just second nature to. Yeah, you know. Uh, and I think when you you're talking about Ricky Starks, that's that sums it, that sums it up. Yeah, right. He has he
0: has a, he has, he has a, un, just an uncanny an uncanny charisma yeah. and a natural humor to him, and he's just he's natural. Yeah, and that's that's what makes him so great. man. So
1: I I really I enjoy this promo. Like it's uh, there's a weird tension to it. We're all trying to.
0: Give us a gist of it. It's
1: the part of wrestling yeah. where it's it's part of the show, but it's real. It's also real. It's yeah. real. So Ricky, Ricky's getting his frustrations off his chest. We are expressing our, no, fuck you guys. They need to know that we had we were behind you. From the fucking jump.
0: Yeah, uh, this is this this promo also kind of came out of necessity because I believe Ricky was kind of pitching heel authority figures, and I hate that shit. Yeah. I didn't want that to be the thing. You know, yeah. I mean, why why do I have to be the heel when I'm like, you know, first of all, we always hear oh somebody who's not a, not, a, not a wrestler getting themselves over. Yep. But then you're sitting there like using us as your fucking springboard. I didn't really appreciate yeah. that for one. I don't yeah. really want anything, but I certainly don't want to be depicted as fucking Satan. Yeah.
1: Know? So <laughs> there's also, right, right? So that that's the first part. I, I don't even, I don't think we went, there was no script to this promo. Mm-mm. We just went. So like that was kind of Ricky's part and then it was like, no, fuck that. That's not who we are, right? Like, you know but so and you know in the crowd they have this charismatic cha- you know champion and if, you know he's a baby face at this point
0: did i talk at all during this promo
1: no you okay. um
0: i don't think i talked yeah. until later
1: so it's coming up yeah. but um we uh you know we, we nip that um and we address we're like hey you brought out these other companies belts. Yeah. We're, we're not going to act like that didn't make us uneasy, you know? Um, and Ricky, then there's this chip, you know, it's kind of deep down inside this chip where Ricky expresses, yeah, you guys may have had faith in me, but fuck, I put in the work and I made me, which at the end of the day is important. Right. Um, and then you have Dalton come out to, to, this is all bullshit right and we built the match right so mm-hmm. eh, once again you know it's it's us kind of it's oh they're putting themselves over right mm-hmm. not necessarily we took the fucking egg on our face set the stage exit fucking stage right and left the fucking match mm-hmm. it's it's not the first time we've done it it probably won't be the last it you felt, know
0: it felt good in, in a way to air It was kind yeah. of cathartic too on yeah. a personal level, a real level. It was a real yeah. thing, you know. I hate work shoots, but you know. Yeah. Um this this was a good I thought it was a good moment. I think it I think it was also unique. I've never seen anything like this where you had two people who were kind of like expressing their problems with with one another and talking it out. You really never see that in a yeah. wrestling ring. You see just people getting in there and messing each other up yeah. and getting out their frustrations, but this was great, and it sets up a great match for the next show that I really constructed with the idea of over delivering based on the piece yeah. of shit that we got at Fade to Black.
1: Yeah, so we, <coughs> yeah, we've got to give it back now, right?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that we should uh, end here, but we'll be back next week with the second half of Battle Wars Two, and I'm sure we'll have a lot more to say.